Hey, what's a podcast? I like your show. Welcome to the Shipe Sports Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Shipe Sports Talk Show down in the man cave. I like it. (laughs) Joined always by my co-host, producer Paul. How's it going? Good. How are you doing today? I'm all right. Uh, joined by the returning Brad via Skype. Brad, welcome back. Hey, good evening, everybody. Glad to be back, Shai. Yeah. Brad took a little week off last week. He was very sad and disappointed, and he felt that if he came on the show, it would be nothing but anger towards the fans. So we're just gonna, <laughs> we're glad that he's back in a happier mood. Everyone calm down. I'm back. Uh, the person <laughs> who's not here this week is Guillermo. He apparently had a work-related incident, but I think it has something to do with the Nationals sweeping his Yankees, but that's just oh. my theory. Mm. Oh. <laughs> uh, joining across from me is my is David the coach site. Thanks. Thank you for being back for me being back again. And uh the coach would like to say something for to the Gatesboro High School baseball team. So go ahead, coach. Okay, yeah. Well I'd like to give a little shout out and a little promo for the uh 4A state title game, which will be played at Cal Ripken Stadium tomorrow night up in Aberdeen at 7 30. The uh Gatesburg High School baseball team which has a chance, now remember, this is not a prediction, has a chance to become the first state title winner in baseball for Gatorsburg High School. Wow. Uh, they are uh, going in right now with a 19-1 and record. And, uh, uh, you know, this is, they, they play Severna Park tomorrow out of Anne Arundel County. Uh, both teams were number one seeds in their regions and sweeping their regions and what I call getting to the final four at the University of Maryland. Uh, Tuesday night, both were victorious down there, and it, it should be a good ball game. Uh, what I'd like to do is, uh, you know, give a little my, tip my hat to uh, Coach Raverman, Coach Miller, Coach Phillips, and Coach McMillan for the uh, fine job that they've done all year uh, with with these young men. And I'd also like to, uh, you know, give give my best wishes to all the players and wish them the best of luck tomorrow night at uh, Cal Ripken Stadium, and, you know, I hope, along with all the other uh, alumni baseball players and just alumni general from Gatesburg High School that uh, hopefully will be there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people down there to, to, to give them a back. This is a big occasion. You know, you're, you're playing what I say it's high school, but it's still it's for a little bit of history at the school. You know, the last time we had a high school team that was in the state title was 97, and, you know, it was a close game, and, and it was just you know, unfortunate we didn't win it then. So, uh, hey, if, if you're in the area or plan on, I hope a lot of people plan on coming up to Aberdeen, I believe you're going to see uh, a real good high school game. And, and, again, my, you know, acknowledge to, to the high school team for a great year and, and again, to Coach Raberman for, for just doing a great job, him and all his coaches. So, Thanks for letting me get that in, and yeah, wish him the best tomorrow. Way to go, guys. Good luck. Bring it back, title back home to the Berg and to Moco County, so Brad can appreciate the Moco rep there. <laughs> sorry, it's not, okay. sorry, it's not Seneca. For all of Moco, how about that? Okay, okay. So let's just stay on the topic of baseball, and let's get into some very good Washington, D.C. news with the Washington Nationals are now sole possession of first place in the NLE, so... Congratulations. It took them, you know, two and a half months to get there, but they're back on top. Uh, Bri- yeah, nice clap there. <laughs> Bryce Harper's hitting the hell out the ball. I think it was 10 home runs in his last 13 games. He's been NL Player of the Week the past two weeks. 
Matt Scherzer's pitching like an all-star. His record doesn't show it, but for pitchers, I think you really look at their stats, not wins and losses. Sometimes that's not really on them. It's, you know, most on the bats and most of his early losses, the bats weren't getting there, the errors, but the errors are gone now. He's pitching great. Jordan Zimmerman is back to his form. He's pitching lights out. Geo's pitching lights out. I mean, this staff is really starting to come around. I mean, I know Doug Fisher just went on the DL, but we have great young pitching that can back him up. Strasburg is, he's getting there. I mean, he's having some injury trouble, so hopefully that works himself out. You know, he's normally goes through some slumps every year where he has two or three games where he'll blow up. You know, once in a while he'll blow up, and then he'll start getting rolling. When he gets rolling, the staff is going to be right back to they were. Uh, biggest surprise during this stretch has been the bullpen, which was our weak point through the first month and a half. You know, they were giving up a lot of runs in the late innings. They were, you know, giving up leads, but now they've settled down. Uh, I think a real big part of the streak, not only Harper, but Wilson Ramos just had a 19-game hit streak that was just broken last night. But, I mean, that's a big difference. And you know Escobar is playing way above what everyone thought he was going to do, so he's helping out. So this team is back in first, and I think it's only the sky's the limit from here. I think you're going to start seeing them start to pull away from the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves. And like I talked about, you know, with Brad earlier and everyone, that the Phillies, not the Phillies, excuse me, the Mets and the Braves, who were first and second, were on a high. They were on an early season high. They finally settled down to reality. The Braves aren't as good as everyone thought they were for the first month of the season, I and mean, they lost everyone. So, uh, Brad, what are your thoughts been on the Nationals in this? I mean, they've won, they've gone seventeen and four in the last twenty-one games. What do you think about this twenty-one game stretch? You know, I, th- I think it's fantastic, and uh, I knew it was only going to be a matter of time. Uh, you know, this team is just way too talented, and you knew once they got healthy, they were going to start playing a lot better. And I, I think, I think it came a lot quicker than than uh, than most of us thought. So I'm, you know, I'm happy that that success came. Uh, even earlier and we didn't have to you know wait it out for you know a month or uh, or even a couple more weeks but I knew it would be a matter of time and I think a lot of other people did we're just we're just way better than anyone else you know in that division that simple coach your thoughts on the Nationals during these last 21 games well like I I would agree with with most what everybody's saying and what they're right and they are playing the type of baseball that we've figured and, and and thought that they would play, you know, coming out of spring training. You get back, like you said, the bullpen. Well, the bullpen is finally settled where they know is, okay, this is your spot. This is what we expect from you in this inning. Storn is our closer. You know, at the beginning of the year, they were still trying to figure where are these guys going to fit in inning-wise and, and where's the best place for them. They've got to figure it out now so, so the bullpen is now, you know, they're, they're clicking. And you get back to Escobar, you know, they signed him He with second base. Traded. Traded for him. They traded for him for second base. Okay, now, you know, Rendon's hurt. He goes over and he's playing a good third base. But don't leave out the fact that Espinosa is is having a good season so far. You know, people always thrown him out. You know, they either trade him or let him go or whatever, but yeah, he's filling in nice at, at the second base. I mean, you know, they got Dan Ugla on the bench, who's a pretty good second baseman himself, but with Espinosa hitting and playing the way he is, it's tough to get Ugla in the lineup. But when you do get him in, I mean, it's everybody now is playing their role that it was pictured and written down on paper. You know, and you come out of spring training, oh, you're the best team around, and everybody's playing with their, like I said, their butt's so tight you couldn't put a a, a finishing nail up there. So now they're 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 playing and and they're having fun. 
You know, they're having fun. I think the big thing about Espinosa is he's going back to his, you know, his almost 2012 stats when they made that run where he's hitting home runs now. He's hitting for power, and he does have the capability of doing a 2020 season. It was just his strikeout rate, but I think the strikeout rate has actually gone down this year. You know, and, you know, when Rendon eventually comes back, you know, Espinosa will probably be back to a bench role, but it's great to have someone like that that can be on the bench that can fill in if, you know, Rendon's going to need, you know, a couple of days off when he first starts off. So that's great. Uh, also, speaking of, you know, teams getting back to where they should be, I think uh, two weeks ago with Brad, we were talking about how the Giants were at the bottom of their division, you know, injuries. Hunter Pence has come back, and all of a sudden, they've won six in a row as well. So that just shows, you know, even one player like that can make a difference. And with the Nationals, you know, they were struggling, but they got all their, you know, Severin Doan, all their pieces started coming back, were span. So it just shows that even with injuries, you know, you can make a comeback. And the Giants, you know, even with, you know, Pence, I mean, look how big of a difference that made. They haven't lost since he came back last Saturday. And that's not bad to say at all. Um, going over to the AL real quick, we'll look at that. Houston still with the five-game lead over the Angels. Uh, whether they come back down to reality, no one really knows. I mean, they may stay up there. for They may be this year's Kansas City Royals, where no one thought was going to do something. Now they're doing something. I mean, I, I you know, picked them to finish, I think, fourth in that division. I mean, they're showing me up. But they could be this year's Royals, and the Royals are, you know, everyone thought they were going to take a step back, but they're starting to get a little bit of a lead in their division. Uh, the Orioles are slowly starting to come back up a little bit now. They were at the bottom. I mean, they're trying. They're winning, losing, winning, losing. The Yankees. You know, they were in first place, but they've, you know, they're three and seven out of their last 10. So they're starting a little bit, take a little bit steps back. Uh, Tampa Bay and Boston, you know, they're right there, second and third. Everyone thought Tampa Bay was going to have a bad year and Boston was going to be one of the front runners. So that, I think the AL East may be a lot closer towards the end of the season than we think because they all, I mean, between first and fourth, the big, the biggest difference is four and a half games. So that, you know, once again, could be one of the toughest divisions in baseball and who could win. It's not, I don't know if it's because all the teams are not that good. Or it's just a competitive division to where they're all maybe even even playing levels. I mean, what do you think about that, Brad? About they're all about even playing levels. I, I'd agree with you on that. You know, I I think all of these teams are are good teams, but I I don't see any of them making too much noise in the postseason as as of right now. I just think you have some talented rosters, some some good clubs, but uh, you know, no real game changers coming out of the AL East, in my opinion. And I mean, let's look at the also, um, also there was a funny stat that happened today in the Dodgers, um, San Francisco game, Madison Barngardner for the Giants. It's the first pitcher ever to hit a home run off of Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw's never allowed a home run to a pitcher and Berngardner has seven home runs as a pitcher. So, I mean, he's, he's doing some pretty good things as a pitcher and hitting. Um, but let's just look at some stats real quick, just to throw them out there. Nelson Cruz is leading, leading the AL in batting average. So, you know, that's, you know, the Orioles, you know, they Probably could really use him right now with that yeah. with the way he's yeah, hitting. It's a little miss for him. I mean, he's also leading. He's leading the league in home runs with 16, RBIs with 33. I mean, he's just killing the ball, and it just it sucks that the Orioles just let him walk like that. But I mean, the way he did last season, he was going to get paid regardless of where he went. And I guess you know, two. I mean, Orioles lost two starters. I mean, they lost Cruz and Marquez. Both went for the money. Marquez not doing as well as so much, but um. Over the NL side, you have Harper, who's third in batting average. He's first in home runs, second in RBIs. And granted, uh, Stanton had an extra game today, so that's probably why he advanced over top of that. But Harper's up there with all the stats. I mean, you got Zimmerman, who's fifth in RBIs. Zimmerman's having a really good—he um, started off slow, but now he's come around. He's hitting the homers again. 
He's healthy so far. Cross our fingers. Little pressures off of him. Yeah. He's not worried about third. Where you know he would. Where is, where's the throw going? He, he's getting comfortable at first. Uh, you know, the, the throwing or anything. It's 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 a lot. He still has to do some. It's not like it was from third base. So you know he's getting comfortable. He's relaxing. New to the position, uh, he's he's. It's taking a little bit easier off his knees as well right. because you can see when he's running the bases, he's not running at full speed, and I think the switch from first third to first is also helping his knees out a little bit to where he doesn't have to make some of those dives, those little cut moves as a third baseman. To where that's the thing that hurt Rendon was a dive that hurt his knee. So, but Zimmerman's playing, I think, almost a Gold Glove level at first base. It's almost like he's been there his entire career the way he's been playing, and I think that rubs off from having someone as like Adam LaRoche ahead of him teaching him things. And I'm sure LaRoche through that whole season last year was telling him things. LaRoche has, uh, even said in a radio interview, he told Ryan, if you ever need anything, just call me. It doesn't matter if we're on different teams, you can always call me. So that's always good to have. And I think the big thing this year for, they do that wins above replacement, that war, and Harper's leading the lead. I got a question. Go ahead. <laughs> you said golden glove. Yeah. Um, is that, so I know is the Cy Young. That's a that's an award, right? For Cy Young's baseball? for the best pitcher, best pitcher. Mm-hmm. So Golden Glove is for like fielding? the best, the best fielders through okay. all the positions. Yeah, and that's every year. It's given to every, every year. year. All those awards given out every year. Yep. Now is it in the in in professional or is it in college? Just professional. Professional. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Do you know what college baseball? It's <clears throat> big, but it's not like as big as football or basketball. They don't really publicize that much. It'll be on like the college networks. Yeah. I'm sure they give out an MVP for the College World Series, I'm assuming, every year. Okay. Yeah, um, I think they put maybe the championship game on ESPN2, uh, you know, or maybe I know the Mar- like Maryland, playoff series on ESPN2. Like Maryland was in it last yeah. year, and a lot of their games yeah. were on ESPN3, which okay. you can oh, only yeah, get over yeah. the app or at spots or something like that. That's how you can get an ESPN3. So okay. really, and you have to have like a cable provider like Comcast. Uh, Verizon, some crap I like see. that. Oh yeah, to be able to watch it. Okay, yeah. I just I wasn't. I heard Golden Glove, and I was like, "Well, what is that exactly?" So sorry to interrupt. But that big thing where it's called, you know, war wins above replacement. To where if he's in the lineup, you're guaranteed more wins. Harper's leading the lead right now with three point seven. So within the lineup, you're getting three point seven more wins than what you would without him in the lineup. I think that's what the Brad what war pretty much means. How many more wins you're getting with him in the lineup? Correct. That's it. And uh, it shouldn't surprise you much. He's a special talent. You know, when he's playing as best, which he is, uh, you know, for the the start of the season, he's irreplaceable. You know, it's it, it, it's that simple. So, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he's having so far, he's he's having MVP type year for the NL, which is, you know, they're starting, you know, the whole thing with, oh, Harper versus Trout, blah, blah. Well, Harper's getting that age to where Trout was when he was playing at this level. So, you couldn't really compare the two beforehand because Harper was still younger, like a couple years younger than him. But now he's reaching the age where Trout was at, and he's starting to show that maybe he could be a little bit better than Trout at the age he's going to. He's not there yet, but Trout does have years on him. And that's starting to show where people were comparing them, which I really don't think was fair to Harper because of his age. I mean, uh, Brad, what do you think about that theory, maybe, that he's finally catching up to Trout because he's catching him up into where his age was when Trout was developing like this? Well, you know... I understand the, the the comparison in terms of uh, you know in terms of dominance, but they're they're, they're not exactly the same type baseball player, uh, you know. But I you know Trout and Harper being two of the youngest players and two of the most electric uh, in the league right now, of, of course you got to size them up and put them up against each other. Uh, but Harper's really producing this year. You know he's finally kind of coming into himself. 
he's realizing he doesn't have to hit a home run every time, just kind of get some lumber on it and uh, let's see let's see what happens. And he's hitting great. So uh, you know, I'm happy to see that he's he's really maturing and able to step into the role and he seems to be handling it just fine. Uh, real quick about the Nationals, I want to get to last night real quick and the ejection of Bryce Harper where he's thrown out the game. Uh, Brad, I know you said, Coach, you hadn't watched it, but I Brad, didn't see that part. did you by any chance see what he was thrown out on? I did, yes. And do you think he should have been thrown out? No. I don't, uh, I, I don't know what was really exchanged. Um, we don't know what he said underneath his breath, of course. All we can hear what he said. But apparently that umpire has a history with Harper, and apparently this umpire has a history of you know showing his weight around. and. Right quickly throwing people out because what Harper said was the reason he stepped out the bus was the guy was yelling at Williams in the dugout and a Harper. He's like, why am I going to stay in the bus if you're yelling at my manager? I mean, there's really no point in me staying in there. And he finally stepped back in. And I guess, you know, Harper with his smart ass remark, you know, I'll just take the fine. I don't care. You know, he tries to show up the umpire, but I think the umpire threw his weight around. He shouldn't have thrown Harper out. And, you know, I almost have to agree what Harper said in the interview where, you know, the fans come to see me, not you. They don't want to see a game decided on you and it's funny that you know I, I heard a thing today on the radio where when someone gets thrown out it's 50 on the player and 50 on the umpire and they say mostly it's 50 on the umpire because they want to show that they're in charge they're the person you know don't mess with me or I'm going to throw you out and I think sometimes they take it too far the problem with Harper is it's his second time I think in a two-week span and that's really going to affect them because umpires going to be like, all right, well, this dude's a dick. If he says one thing, he's out of here. But I think yesterday the, the umpire went completely over the boundaries. Harper shouldn't have been thrown out. Luckily, Tyler, the second, luckily for the second straight game, he's been thrown out. His replacements hit a home run, which is pretty. <laughs> yeah. They're averaging one home run for, for replacement when he gets thrown out. So maybe more. And uh, Michael Taylor should be on that wins above replacement uh, yeah, category. Yeah, they should be up there too. Yeah. <laughs> so who, who was he arguing with? Like, in, it, it was, what, what was, first happened was. Home plate on. There was a, a strike call that was really low. It, it was a ball to begin with. And, yeah, Harper, and, he, and Harper looked back and said, you know, hey, was that a little low? And sometimes you'll see players, they'll talk to umpires in a calm voice. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. some, you'll see some of them when they don't swing, they'll turn back and look, you know, was that a strike? Yeah, yeah. If, if I didn't swing, would that have been a strike? You know, they'll say that. And Harper probably just said, you know, was that a little low? Low, right. Yeah. Like that. But who who was because I because when you were saying that the, the uh, you were saying that the umpire was arguing with somebody else. Yes. When that after that happened, Harper, you know, you know, looked around a little bit. Williams in the dugout. Who they, is he? Who is the head, he? The, 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 coach? Um, the coach. Okay. Yeah. They started yelling towards the umpire. So the umpire took, so Harper said he looked at the umpire taking off his mask yeah. and started going at it with Williams. Yeah, yeah, okay. So okay. Harper just stepped out the batter's bots like, you know, okay, whatever. You guys are arguing. I'm just going to get my composer back, right. you know, give a little breather because, you know, when something like that ruins your rhythm, you just want to be like, all right, let me get back to where yeah. it was. Yeah. So apparently the umpire said step in the bots. Harper, you know, I guess didn't step in. He's like, step in. So Harper apparently stepped a foot in. The umpire's like, get in the bots. Harper's like, all right, I'll take the fine. And then the umpire said something. He put his bat down to show where his foot was at in the bots, and then he got tossed. Oh, jeez. And it's funny because when you watch it, Ryan Zimmerman is one of the is the player on the Nationals. You never get a reaction out of. He never does anything. He's quiet. Mm-hmm. You see him just drop drop his bat and just go like. <laughs> like, like you know, like, like something, something shouldn't really have wrong. happened. It's like with him doing that, you're like, okay, it's almost like why was he thrown out? Like you never see Zimmerman react to anything, right? Right. So to see him do that, you know, it's probably the wrong reason. Then Williams came out, and William did the whole let me shove dirt on the <laughs> on home plate just to make you sweep it a little bit. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. So, and then after the game, Harper made the comment where he said, 40,000 fans came to see me, not to see the ump." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Right. I mean that's true. I I believe it. Yeah. I wouldn't pay the 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 ticket price to come see the umps. You know I'm not here there to watch them ump. 
And like another thing that I was affected by was I do daily fantasy on um, DraftKings, and I did, pick, you get, did you get hosed? I've been picking Bryce Harper the past couple of games. Just why wouldn't you? I mean, he's hitting home runs. I mean, home runs are worth seven. I mean, almost fourteen points. So why would I not pick him? Yeah. And when you're in a big, and when you're in like you know a dollar lead or something like that, or a couple of people do like big twenty dollar leads, and he gets thrown out, you're like, well, shit, the umpire just screwed me out of twenty bucks probably because that's zero points you're going to get where you could have get maybe. It could hit his 11th home run. There's your 14th point. Right, right. And DraftKings now is partnered with baseball. So it's like they're losing money now because it's like, well, crap, if he's going to get thrown out every game, why am I going to pick him, you know? Yeah, they'll probably... I heard the uh, the the junkies talking about earlier today that they that they, uh, that they they might... that Or that they should have some type of uh, like recourse or something on the, on the umpires when they do dumb things like that. Well, when they implemented this new rule about your foot out the box, they never really stated what would happen if you took your foot out the box. I mean, it was never really... I mean, we discussed it, but I never really read a rule where are they going to give you a strike? Do you get a warning? Do you get thrown out? A fine? They never really yeah. came out and said, all right, this is what's going to happen. And then when Harper gets thrown out, now you're going to see other players like, all right, if I take my foot out, am I going to get thrown out the game now? Yeah, yeah. So maybe it was like, you know, a first thing like, all right, all right, now you saw what happened to Harper... This was happen to everyone else. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, what were your thoughts of his of his actions last night with Harper? Do you think he should have been thrown out or just a warning? Listen, listen to you. Like, if if the umpire's barking at the at at the manager, I mean, it would be all natural. How many times have you seen the, the the batter will step out of the box? Yeah. You guys are arguing. What what do I need to stand here for? Okay, get your argument over and let's play ball. Well, I guess what what the umpire was doing is probably twofold. You know, he was looking to get a twofer, two for one. You know, and, and a lot of it gets back to, and you don't know what that little word was said under the breath. There's one word that umpire will not tolerate. And if that word comes out, no matter what happens, you're done. And, and, and the biggest thing is, you know, if, if it's, it's how you ask the umpire to strike, like, you know, that ball was low. No, I, I, you know, I thought it was a little low. Okay, and then you know some umpires, you know, like when I was umpiring, somebody asked me that one time. I said, "Look, man, I only got a fifty-fifty shot. It's either ball or strike. So this time it was a fifty cent. Fifty, my fifty percent, it was a strike. Okay, the other fifty percent is thrown out now. It's not twenty thirty, seventy fifty, eighty twenty, or whatever. It's a fifty-fifty call. It's either or. You know, so it, it just you know, a lot of that depends on verbiage." And you know the umpire's been a little hasty when he's his group has been out there, so you know it's 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 unfortunate that it happened, and it's something that you know like you'll learn from it. You know you know you won't you know it'll be done again, but probably you know not by that person again. So you know and it all comes down to you you can't argue balls or strikes. Okay, you you can't. That that that's a, that's a rule of baseball, you know. And it's it's just you know, like I say, it's unfortunate. It's something that, that you know, learn something from, and life will go on. T- tomorrow night they're gonna play a game, and what happened la- last night? Hell, it's gone out the window. Everybody's back in. No, it's not like Harper doesn't get to play Friday night. Oh, he's in the lineup. Williams is back in the dugout. You know, it's, it's just something that you know it happens. That's that's the game. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we had for baseball talk. I want to shift gears real quick to another local team, and I want to let Brad take the lead on this. 
I want Brad to go ahead and talk about the Maryland Terrapin basketball team and the moves they made in the past months to where now they're the number one ranked betting team to win the national championship next year. They have the highest betting odds. So, Brad, I want you to give your opinion on Stone, uh, Solomon. Is that how you say his name? Solomon? Yeah, Suleiman. Suleiman. I want you to give your two opinions on what these guys are going to bring to the team and how just adding Suleiman has jumped them from, I think, like the fifth best betting team to the first. And how do you think this is going to affect the team next year? You know, there's there's two, really two routes this could go. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that that now we've added some real depth to our roster, but I, I wonder about people jumping ship. Uh, you know, I, I don't want some of our young guys who got a lot of experience this year to kind of, you know, uh, abandon ship and, and bail on Maryland. There's another player that we're getting a transfer from Georgia Tech supposed to be a really really good power forward uh so that along with diamond stone coming in and then rashid suleiman uh we are going to be very deep you know we're going to have Dion wiley coming off the bench jared nickens uh Tchaikovsky. um you know we are we are looking very good you know with, with trimble and layman coming back and suleiman adds a, a nice dynamic of being able to knock down shots and, and also being able to attack the bucket you know i i know we had some so off court issues there at Duke, and you know something happened between him and Coach K. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. Uh, you know, he got in a little bit of trouble. So hopefully he can stay out of trouble, and hopefully he doesn't bring trouble to uh, this team and this organization because they're they're on a really nice climb right now. You know, I would assume that if he wants to come play at a high level, he's got his head back on straight, and he's you know he's ready to compete and um, you know do whatever it takes to, to help this team win basketball games and not be detrimental, but, you know, Vegas odds, you know, are we the best? Sure. On paper, but we, this team needs to come together and blend, you know, and, and I don't know if they're going to be amazing right away. You know, it may take a couple games for, for us to settle in. And, and a lot of this now kind of falls on Turgeon in order to put this team together. Now you have a stacked roster. You got to be able to coach this up now. Uh, so I think, I think there's a lot of pressure on Turgeon, uh, going into this next season to to kind of live up to the to the hype and make sure that 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 he makes this this blend of talent work. Well, the guy from Georgia Tech is uh, Robert Carter, mm-hmm. and there's actually another person who's looking to transfer to Maryland. He's from VCU, and it's <coughs> sorry. How <coughs> <coughs> um, I say his name right? Terry uh, Lair from uh, VCU. That was a top fifty uh, recruit last year when he was out of high school. He was on Maryland's list, so he's looking at Maryland. So. It seems like now what's going for Maryland is people want to. Is <laughs> <laughs> people want to come to Maryland to play again, and we haven't had that in a while. Do you need a drink? I may need a drink. All right. <laughs> no, you're, you're 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 right. You're sorry. you're right. I, I like sorry, the everyone. fact that that we have a lot of options and uh, a lot of different types of talent, but a lot of it to go around. You know, it, it's fun. Uh, I just hope a lot of these guys stick around because. You know, we could almost have a roster similar to Kentucky's where, you know, we have a lot of depth where, where we can sub in guys and we we know we're going to get production. So this is going to be an exciting year. Uh, just hope everyone can come together and Turgeon can kind of uh, steer this ship. Well, the thing that worries me is is the way that Trimble had a year last year. I feel like if we're going to win something, it has to be this year because I feel like we may lose Trimble after this year. Hopefully, maybe if they don't win a title, maybe he'll get the mindset, hey, you know what, let's, let's go at it again. Hopefully Stone's not a one-and-done because you see a lot of these new freshmen that are in the top 10 recruit. They're one-and-done now. 
And it's almost like when you get a recruit like that, you're like, oh my God, this has to be our year because after this, we could lose everyone. And that's the one thing that college basketball is starting, you know, they're forced to go to college now instead of coming out of high school. But it's like, all right, I only have this player for one year and then they're going to leave. It's almost like, you know, I wish they would go to the football rule where they have to do at least two years so you can see these players develop and see real good competition on what could happen if a player from a freshman year, how he would do his sophomore year. But I highly doubt that's going to happen. I mean, I think it's a, is it a, I think it's an NBA thing where they're, where they allow it to happen. So we may not see that happening. But, but let me, but let me interrupt you real quick, Shai. You know, even if players leave, if you're a coach putting talent into the NBA, kids are going to want to come to you. They're going to say, "Hey, you know something." You know, Kentucky's a prime example, and Duke. Kentucky's a prime example, yep. and, and Duke. You know, Duke. Well, North Carolina puts a little bit more talent, not too much anymore, but Duke. Duke now. You know. They know those coaches know how to grow this talent to make them NBA ready. So if Turgeon can start firing players into the NBA, we'll keep reloading similar to what Kentucky does. You know, maybe not on that type of scale. You know, Calipari does a fantastic job. But, you know, I don't think this is, uh, you know, this is a, hey, it's all or nothing right now. I, I think it's a good trend. And, and even if Stone leaves, you know, if, if Turgeon can fire people into the NBA, other kids are going to want to come and hear what he has to say and learn from him. So, you know, it honestly, in my opinion, I'm excited. Even if these kids leave, I think we'll get some other talent coming in and hopefully some of the D.C., uh, you know, talent and Baltimore talent uh, stays here, stays local instead of going other places. So that's the big know, we'll, difference we'll see. between Turgeon and Williams. Turgeon's trying to stay in because there's so much talent in this area. Tons. And tons. Turgeon's staying in here. Williams mostly went out of the DC, the DMV area, but Turgeon's realizing that all this <laughs> got some water delivered to us. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, that was fast. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Brad. Um, but Turgeon is thinking, you know, I see this town here. Let me keep them here. I mean, yeah, he went out to get stone, but stones, you know, he's someone that you had to go out to get. I mean, you swooped them in from Wisconsin, but why did he come here? Because Trimble stayed, you know, and mm-hmm. Trimble's a local talent. So if he can continue this trend to get this talent in DMV, I mean, we'll be fine. I mean, look who, look who um, Williams let go away. Kevin Durant went away. I um, lost him. Michael Beasley, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I can go on. And all on. those yeah. went away. I mean, can you imagine if like Durant went here, all those schools? I mean, Maryland probably would have a couple, maybe some national championships more than what they just had. See, but another thing from what I understand, Shipe, is that uh, the the school was kind of regulating a little bit more who Gary Williams could get in. I, I think you had to be able to get into the university. I, I think there was academic stipulations that limited Williams's ability to recruit. So, you know, let, let's not not Gary Williams. I think he's a great coach. and I think a lot of players wanted to come to him. I, I just think there was something, uh, something going on at the university that that kind of regulated his ability to recruit. Well, it seemed like that changed when they got a new AD in there as well. Yeah, new AD uh, and going to uh, the conference they're in now. You know, it's, sure, it's, and changing it's, conferences. It's, it's money. So if you mm-hmm. go, you're going to Big Ten, you're going to compete, you better be able to have the people on the field and on the court. Yeah, you to, need the personnel. To revenue money. To keep it rolling, I mean, well, look at their football team. Look right? at the recruits coming to football now. I mean, right? they're, I mean, yeah, I think Dwayne Haskins. I think uh, Stefan Diz's younger brother may be coming here as well. Uh, yep. I think he's part of a. There's some. There was a high recruit. I think it was a. It was a quarterback that went to Bulls as well. Haskins. Yeah, I just, yeah. And, I just he said was, it. and he was trying to get Diz as a as a package deal. Like he was talking about, you know, a lot of these players are now 
supposedly doing package deal with their buddies. Right. And when you get those kids together, they've been playing together for a very long time and they're going to, the chemistry is going to be there as soon as they come in. So, you know, with football and basketball, I think Maryland's on the rise. I mean, the the baseball team's great there. They also have a great soccer lacrosse program. I mean, Maryland Mm -hmm. all around is a very good sports program um, school. You just don't see some of the smaller programs like lacrosse, soccer, getting publicized except on ESPNU or, ESPN three, but Maryland's a sure. very good sports school. They're mm-hmm. very they win a lot of national titles, just not in the big ones, but they win them in the small ones. I mean, you see a lot of um Maryland soccer. They had a couple Maryland soccer players on the national team. A lot of them well, get drafted to the MLS. Men's and women's. I mean, yeah, Maryland's yes. women team is fantastic. Yes, they are. Yeah, I mean basketball as well. I mean, Maryland has and a basketball. Very, they have sure. a very good athletic program. You just don't get they don't the smaller things don't get recognized. But like I said, a lot of the Maryland soccer players got drafted in MLS. Lacrosse players go to the major lacrosse league. I mean, a lot of these players are playing in professional leagues. I think um, I can't think of the two guys off the top of my head. I mean, they were start um, Zuzi, who's who's a starter in the World Cup, went to Maryland. Yeah, didn't he have a goal, right? Yeah, and he went to yeah. Maryland. Yeah. So I mean, there's this Maryland University is a great academic program. I just academic and sports, and now that football and basketball right. on the rise, you're going to see the school slowly rise from where you know back to where it should be at the top of the NCAA in terms of sports-wise. And, you know, it's looking great for local teams in this area. Well, you, you look at, at at Maryland with baseball last year. No College World Series. Nowhere. No one I thought they are going to do anything. You know, and and they're doing a great job. of. They probably have right now one of the best catchers in the nation. Okay, the young man back. I watched one of the games on uh, the Big Ten channel. And actually, they have one of the uh, young pitchers out of Gatesburg. He's a junior, but he's already committed to Maryland. You know, so they're starting. I think Maryland's starting to see, man, we've got great players in this area. Don't let them go. Yeah. They need to stay right here at home. Another funny thing about Maryland is one of their outfielders, um, Anthony Papio, I played golf with him in high school when he went to Sherwood and golf tournaments with him. And he kicked my ass in golf. But it's just funny to look at. And I'm like, God, why does this kid look familiar? Like, right. holy crap, I played golf against this kid when he was like three years younger than me. So it's kind of cool for stuff like that. But I think Maryland's on the rise. It's great that we can finally talk some good things about Maryland. That's like every football season. Uh, maybe they'll get in a bowl game somehow, maybe five or six win. Now it's like maybe they can compete in this Big Ten now to maybe, maybe not this, maybe not this year, but the following couple of years, maybe they can compete for the titles. That people thought, well, football, you know, they're going to go under the radar, maybe get to the bowl game. Last year, they surprised a lot of people with the way with the winnings. And the basketball program, I think this was great for them. I think in the ACC last year, I don't know if they would have done as well because the ACC was very stacked. But basketball was a smart decision going to the Big Ten because not many Big Ten schools. I mean, you have Ohio State, Wisconsin, Indiana, you know, it's Michigan State, but it wasn't as stacked, I think, as the ACC was. I think it's great for it's going to be great for the program the way they're playing now. Uh, yeah, I saw gonna, a uh, I saw a stat shape that said our 2016 recruiting class for Maryland just cracked the top 20. So football, football, football. <laughs> yes, football. that's great. So. That's great news. I mean, with the quarter. I mean, we definitely need the quarterback. I mean, we lost CJ oh, yeah. Brown, yeah. and the, well, we got this kid from Bulls who looks amazing. You know, he had the one kid that was a Quinn Sorcher that was thought he was. You know, everybody thought he's going to Penn State. All of a sudden, he, you know, he's in Maryland now. Yeah, was that the uh, linebacker that's uh, no, the, the defensive end? It was yeah, it was a defensive end defensive slash D end. tackle. Yeah, the big yeah, kid. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was due to the to the defensive end that from Bullis that signed with Maryland. 
So, you know, and it, good friends, it, yeah, that's that's some good beef up front for him coming in. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, now we're going to a little bit switch gears. We're going to take a quick short break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about something that Brad missed last week that I told him I would hold off for him, and that's the PGA Championship, which was the, probably the best tournament I've seen. You know, players? Players. Sorry, players. I said PGA. <laughs> players Championship. Excuse me. It's been, so, it's been two weeks ago. I always forgot about it. But we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break, so Brad will get his golf talk in. Hey, this is Paul from the Shipe Sports Talk podcast. Just wanted to let you know how you can listen to our podcast while you're on the go using an app called Stitcher. You can listen anytime, anywhere using the award-winning free Stitcher app. Best part is, when you stream our podcast or any of the other 20,000 available out there, there's no downloading, no syncing, or no wasted memory. It's on demand and on the go. So if you don't already have the Stitcher app on your iPhone, Android phone, or tablet, download it free today at Stitcher.com or from your app store. Add us to your favorites list, and every week when we put out our new episode, Stitcher will automatically update and have the latest episode of the Shipe Sports Talk podcast waiting for you. While you're there, it really helps us get our podcast noticed if you give us a nice review, rating, and thumbs up. We'll greatly appreciate it. Have a comment or question? Easy. Go to shipesportstalk.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and there you'll be able to submit your questions or comments. We love hearing from you, so we'll be sure to thank you live on the air. You'll also find on shipesportstalk.com the latest episodes, show notes, and other ways to find us on platforms like iTunes and YouTube. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Shipe Sports Talk show. Right now, we're getting into some golf talk with the Players' Championship. And Brad, I'm going to let you take it from here, buddy. Let's talk about some golf. Okay. Well, what an incredible finish. Uh, you know, applaud Ricky Fowler for his, uh, for his yeah. astonishing effort. Uh, you know, to I think he finished, what, birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie to, to get, you know, mm-hmm. to get into the playoff. Mm-hmm. And mm, credit those other guys also having a, you know, a great four-day event, you know, getting into the playoff with Ricky. But, I mean, how, how exciting was that? That was, you know, great to see just uh, – just him absolutely tearing it up, uh, and and then come to the playoff and uh, you know extend it to seventeen, then stuffed it on seventeen and uh, and made another birdie to win. So uh, wow, absolutely incredible finish. You know, I I, I really liked uh, the event, and and I think that that really rose everyone's eyes towards Ricky Fowler and said, hey, look, you know, let let's not forget about this kid. Uh, you, you know, I know we're talking about Rory and Jordan Spieth, but there's, there's some other young talent too. And, uh, you know, I know Ricky floats in and out of that kind of, uh, you know, is he just a fashion statement or is he actually there to, to win stuff? So, you know, congrats to Ricky and uh way to show that, that you're a competitor and you're tough and you're willing to fight. So it was great. Tell you what, Washington, you know, number um, 16, the first hole to playoff, all mm-hmm. three golfers just went right. It was funny. You watched... <laughs> First one went to the right, and you're like, all right, cool. This guy puts in the ferry. He'll have a good chance. He went to the right, and you're like, all right, Sergio's hitting last. Let's see what he can do. Right to the right, and I just, God, you know I love Sergio, and I just hate how he gets he gets his his foot's in the door. But as soon as he takes a step, the other foot in, it just closed right in his face. And But a great effort by him. You know, he was just, he got the 17, and they hit tremendous shots, and he just went too far over. But what a putt by him, though, to get to the playoff, though, in right. 17. True. Very, that very true was amazing and you yeah know, he had a little fist pump going it was nice i mean this this tournament as a whole is just set up what golf has been so far this year it's just been great tournaments mm-hmm. after tournament after tournament all these players are playing a high level you know we're having a couple repeat winners but we're seeing a lot of people who are winning for the first time this year i mean it's such a competitive year 
a lot of underdogs. I mean, you got Charlie Hoffman who came out of nowhere this year who's playing great. Fowler's always at the top. Great to see him win. McElroy is finally starting to come around now, which it took him a while to get used from playing over in Europe to come back to the U.S., but he's finally clicking. So, I mean, I can't wait for the rest of the summer. We got the U.S. Open coming up on uh, Father's Day weekend. We got the British after that, you know, PGA Championship, the Fez Cups. So, I mean, it's going to be a great year. Um, just real quick, Brad, who did you – you took Phil this past week, didn't you, or during the I, players? I took Phil to players, yes. Didn't work out too well, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't actually. I uh, I was hoping that was Phil a bad a week for showing. you in sports, wasn't it? Yeah, that what week? I just completely forgot about that. So <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Coach, what do you think about golf so far this year and the players? Oh, it's it's golf. You know, golf has been exciting to watch. I mean, if you know, it's it's on TV for four days, the Golf Channel and stuff. And if you miss it on Thursday or, or Friday, I, I tell you, Saturday and Sunday, it just picks up. Because it's everybody is you know playing like you say at a high level, and uh, I I just it's any one any week, and I really liked what the, the players did going to the three hole playoff. Uh, it's it's a lot better than just going back to seventeen. That's where we're going, but it's you know that made you know you're sitting there and you go well I got three holes. Then well, let's see who gets eliminated. Then we got to go back. We're going to start here. Go back to seventeen, and sixteen again. So you just you had to watch. You couldn't turn it off. I mean, if you're a golf fanatic, you don't turn that off because here we are, one of the, I don't know, one of the greatest courses you know out there. The 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 you know the TPC Sawgrass, and you know, but it just made it unbelievable to watch, you know, and and Ricky coming up. But the the shot he made on sixteen for the for the eagle, you talk about you know inches feet. I mean, if if that's a couple inches one way, you know, Water. you might be talking about Sergio winning. But but what a shot! I mean, it to to hit where it did, you know, just on that grass and roll and give you a chance for the eagle. I mean. That's what it's been like all year. Somebody's going to hit a great shot. And it, it, it's it's just been a fun year to watch it, no matter who yeah. wins. You know, I definitely applaud the committee uh, who put on the players because that, uh, that, that playoff format's incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's very exciting, and you got – some great golf holes, you know, 16 being a, you know, a manageable par five where, where you can get down into if you position yourself right. 17 kind of being a, a risk reward type hole. Uh, and then 18 just being as tough as nails. You know, it, it, it's a great format and there's a lot of offering in that stretch of three holes, which right. makes it even more exciting. So, uh, you know, definitely well done by that committee yeah. to, to pull up that format for the playoff. And you know, you saw, you saw on 16 in the playoff where like, you know, Matt said they all hit it, you know, in the rough over there. But you, you, you see these guys, their, their second shot, you know, they just, it was just unbelievable. The second shot, okay, put them in a great place to get the third shot on. And then, boom, okay, let's all go to the 17th. You know, and, and that's that's why these guys are at the level they're at. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was, you know, the three holes, you're not pressuring on one. You know, it was a total score after three for the first go around. So, okay, if I par this one. I got two holes left. You know, it's not like, oh, let's go back to 18. I mean, I better birdie this or eagle something or I'm done. So, you know, that's what that's what makes golf fun, especially at the players this year. Maybe some other tournaments 
you know, would, would, would try that format. You know, and, okay, let's go back to 18 and this best score on 18. Well, let's go back to 16 or and try it again. Let's go 18, we're tied. Okay, let's go back to 10. Well, we tied there. Okay, let's come back here. And if you're a, a person, I guess if you're at the tournament and you're sitting on 18, uh-oh, we tied. Now we're, oh, now we got to go all the way back to 10 <laughs> if we want to watch or just say to hell with it, I'll watch the big board. But, you know, you, you like to watch these guys in person. Yeah. And if you everybody was able to get on 16, 17, and 18 and not miss a hole or a shot. That, yeah, or like the U.S. Open where you got to come back the next day for yeah. a whole other 18 holes. Right. So. So, I still remember to this day, and I'll remember till the day I die. Tiger versus Tiger Woods. Rocco. Rocco, I'll oh. remember that to the day I die. I mean, that was probably one of the best playoff. the best playoff, but the way Tyler, Tiger played with his – I mean, I think they, they confirmed he had the tour ACL during that moment, Yeah, torn yeah. ACL yeah, and maybe, maybe meniscus something. Yeah, I mean, he played basically on one leg and won it. But, I mean, that's something I think a lot of Tiger fans and golf fans will remember until we go. That will be the most yeah. memorable thing ever. Well, you also have to remember, incredible. you know, Rocco? Yeah, Rocco, Rocco and Tiger uh-huh. are playing another day when there all the other golfers are in that tournament. And, you know, don't I, I take you know, not a whole lot away from Rocco, but who would have thought? And he put on a charge there the last nine to, to tie to come back and play the following day. And Tiger mm-hmm. had made a couple shots to get back right. to Rocco. I mean, he made he he one a birdie, out of the bunker. He had a birdie 18, and yeah. he made that, you know, memorable putt. Mm-hmm. So how do the uh, how do the playoffs work? It sounded like it sounded like that it's it's a new thing that they're just kind of picking. Well, holes. it's different for different tournaments. Oh, uh, okay. Like the U.S. Open, if you tie, you'll play the final. You'll play Monday. You'll play eighteen holes, just straight up. It's okay. not match play, straight up, right? U.S. Open. Oh yeah, straight up. Yeah. Total player. I think the players were straight up, wasn't it for those three? Yeah, playoff. Yeah. The playoff is straight up, uh, just stroke. Yeah, I mean most of the most of the holes, they'll just go to eighteen, replay that. If it's tied, then they'll go. I think the is the Masters three, or is it just one hole? You just keep going until someone wins. The, it's the one Masters hole. Is, is one hole, yeah. uh, and then but they they jump it around a little bit. Yeah, they'll know, go so eighteen to ten to eighteen 11. to ten. Yeah. yeah. Do they? So it's just random. Whoever like whatever they feel like picking. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. You know, it'd be interesting at the Masters. Not they'll never change it because it's the Masters. But if you do what the players did. You make them do eight men's corner. Ooh, that'd Senate be tough. To eight, oh, 11, how, 12, 13, that'd be incredible. How how awesome would that be if they changed it to eight men corner? I mean, you know, m- maybe. Uh, we, we can only hope. <laughs> we, we can only hope. I know the, I would the guys love, who I run would, that tournament I would love to see that. I would love yeah. to see that, though. To make them play eight men corner. <sighs> you're There's making, a you're, steal right there. You'll make them work for it. What, oh, was yeah. It? Was, I'm trying to think, was it here? I don't know if you mentioned it or not. I don't know. Uh, I was t- listening to, maybe not, there was a gentleman that t- I was talking about, uh, where was I? Oh, I was playing in the golf tournament at Gaysburg, and this guy was playing with one of his buddies. They went down to the Masters two years ago. They had tickets and everything, and he was telling us the prices and everything. He said one of his friends, you know, was, had laid down on the on the grass or whatever, and, you know, at the Masters, their thing is there are no weeds at any pl- part of the course. There's not a weed there. So he was, you know, sitting down, and one of the, I guess, one of the head people at the Masters or whatever, he come by and goes, you know, I, I saw a, a couple weeds over here. You know, I, I, they escorted him off the course. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, here's a couple of weeds that I, I found. I, you know, I 
this you got a couple weeds here. Out, baby. We don't want you to tell anybody else we got two weeds here. <laughs> well, yeah, they uh it's a di- it's a different world for those guys. I yeah. yeah. All right. Well, golf has been a stream. We'll wait to see what happens the rest of the year. Uh, I just want to quit two things before we head out for the day. Uh, first, just remind everyone that the Women's World Cup is coming up within two weeks. It starts June 6th. It's coming up pretty quick. So all you fans who love to get backing on USA, June 8th is their first game on a Monday night. So get ready for USA soccer. Uh, I think their first game is against, I'm looking at Australia. So all the USA fans that like to come out of nowhere for to get behind the country, June 8th, let's do it. I'll go watch the game somewhere. I don't care. I wear my USA men's jersey, and that counts. Oh, and I also <laughs> want to remind you, Shipe, my Rockets Cleveland pick uh, is still alive. It is. It is still there. You're getting worried. I think a little. How bit. Are you? How are, how are your Spurs doing? Just checking. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're at home partying or something. I don't know how Guillermo convinced you of that one, but he must really have some mind. I don't know. Over I you. just. I just veterans <laughs> leadership. I just I just went with that the veteran presence. But remember, he was copying off of my sheets at that uh, time or whatever. He, and- he copies, coach. He just copies. <laughs> <laughs> and also, real quick, I want to talk about the UFC fight. I don't know if you got you guys probably aren't as big as I am, but there's two big title matches this weekend on um, the 23rd. Uh, we got Victor Belfort versus Chris Webman for the UFC middleweight champion. I everyone know Chris Webman's the man who beat Anderson Silva, finally stopped him. Of course, now we learned Silva's probably been using steroids the whole time, but that's a completely different story. Oh, man. But Webman's 12-0, and 0, hasn't lost. Uh, Belfort's been around for a while. He's 24-10. and 10. That's going to be a very great fight. The main event of that evening is going to be Anthony Johnson versus Daniel Cormier for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship, and this is for the vacant title that John Jones had to drop because he's an idiot and decided he wanted to hit and run with weed in the car and then run. Come back, get the money, then run again. So he went, run, get money, run again. So his career in MMA is probably done. So this is for the vacant belt. Um, I know they came out and they were going to say, well, maybe it's for the intern belt. And then finally Dana White said, no, his belt's vacant. This is for the actual title. John Jones is done. I mean, like I said, the one week they even took him off the UFC rankings. Uh, the shirt, shirt dog, I think pound for pound, they took him off everything. So he has nothing to do with the sport anymore. Uh, this is going to be another great fight. These two guys are heavy hitters. Uh, Cormier just came off of a loss to uh, John Jones uh, a couple months ago. Those two, the rivalry for those two were just tremendous. I mean, they were fighting during press conferences. I mean, they were, they had an ESPN interview studio between Cormier and John Jones real quick. And they kept the mics on during commercial break. And they were just throwing curse words and bombs at each other like it was nothing. John Jones came on top. Anthony Johnson just came off a victory over Alexander Gustavin, I know I just butchered his name, and Gustavin was the man who everyone thought had beaten John Jones in their fight a couple of years ago, went to a decision, but as always, when you're facing the champ, don't let the judges decide. You have to do it yourself. So this is going to be a very good fight, really big hitters. I mean, they're, Johnson's going to have the reach over Comier. He sits two. Comier's only 5'11". Of course, they're 205 for the weight, so it's going to be a good fight. On um, Belfort and Webman, Webman will have the reach on that. So it's going to be a very good weekend for UFC. You have a couple of good undercard fights as well. So um, one of the big undercard fights I like to watch is this Raya Hall versus um, Rafael Natal. I like Raya Hall personally. He came in UFC, the ultimate fighter. And if you look him up, anyone, he had a famous knockout where it was his first fight on the ultimate fighter. And he did the fastest spinning heel kick you've ever seen. The dude just went out cold. Like if you blinked, you would have missed the heel kick. It was that quick. So everyone thought he was going to be the next big star. He's had a couple bumps in the road. So we'll see what he does there. 
So it's a real big week for uh, UFC. And like I said earlier when we did boxing, I think UFC is the premier fighting sport taking over the world right now, I think probably. And it's because they give the fans what they want. And these two fights for the belts is what the fans want to see. They said, we want to see Johnson versus Jones didn't happen. All right, we'll put in Colmere. We want to see that. We want to see Belfort versus Webman because Belfort is a Brazilian, same as Anderson Silva was. Webman's a USA fighter, and there's always a big rivalry between USA and Brazilian fighters. Dates all the way back to the Gracie period, so it's going to be a really great weekend for UFC. Um, so look for that. I know it's on pay-per-view, but you don't have to pay $100 for this fight. I think it's only 60 bucks, so you can keep 40 bucks in your pocket for this one. You don't have to pay the 100 for a super fight. Buy snacks with that. <laughs> you can get pizza for the extra 40 bucks. Hey, go. What about all the lawsuits now for the uh, Pacquiao-Merriweather fight? Oh, yeah, a lot of people want their money back. I mean, they are getting up there with some high-priced lawsuits. Oh, because he didn't declare that he was injured or whatever? Well, that also and the fact that, you know, they thought it was a smash or, you know, it wasn't worth the money. Yeah, it was a... It wasn't their money back. It was a high school... I was, I was never going to be a knockout fight. A high school dance. Well, here's the thing. For um, Deanna White came out this week, and uh, Ronda Rousey, I don't know if you guys have heard of her. I mean, she's been in a couple movies lately. She's... Undefeated women's champion. Yeah. She's beaten everyone within the first round almost by armbar. This other premier women fighter named Chris Cyborg. And, you know, did she, people have been saying she's been avoiding Dan, or not Dan, been avoiding Rousey all her career. I mean, this would be the this would be the Pacquiao Mayweather fight at yeah. UFC. Well, she's a... She's a, she's a strike force. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, but they're both nasty fighters. Yeah. Dana White came out and said this week that if this fight would happen. First off, he wants it in Dallas for the stadium for the sellout prizes. He said, he's like, all right, cool. You all want to have MGM? I'm out one up you. I'll do Dallas Cowboys Stadium and sell that out. <laughs> he said he wants to sell out Dallas Cowboys <laughs> Stadium. And then he says, I'm going to outdo that that bossy match and pay-per-view buys. He said, I'm going to make over at least probably maybe a billion in pay-per-view buys. Jeez. I think it believes what he said. He wants to outdo he wants to outdo that fight with women. He said these two women will bring more revenue to my company than your two best boxers ever. Well, I mean, and I don't think he's wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge, well, at least in the MMA, that's the Rousey and, and Cyborg. Are, I mean, before it was Silva and Jones, but that kind of got brushed away. It was Silva GSP. Now this is, and that's big one is we want to see this fight as a UFC fan. I want to see this fight. Yeah, I would watch it. I mean, Rousey could kick anyone's ass. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's came out and said, I whooped the shit out of, Floyd Mayweather put me in a ring with him and see what happens. Yeah, I, I bet. I believe it. And she's challenged Mayweather to a boxing match and said she could beat him. <laughs> That's awesome. I, what I'll give Floyd is if he would try UFC, he's not wearing the gloves. He's quick. I think if he would connect with someone on the chin, he could probably knock someone out. But here's the problem. He can't wrestle. And any any UFC fighter would just take him to the ground. I think James Tony tried to come in UFC. Didn't He didn't last after the first no, round. No, boxers, I mean, especially if you've been doing it as long as he has. It's a, uh, it's a lot, you know, he's good at what he does, maybe in the ring, probably better than most like grapplers or ground, uh, grapplers in the MMA. But, um, you know, you put both, you need, you need everything. You need everything. Me and my buddies, we talked about, you know, which boxers could make the best UFC fighters. And we all said the way Mike Tyson trained, if you put him in a UFC when he was younger and he actually trained for it, he would be a devastating force in UFC. If you taught him how to wrestle with mm -hmm. his power, yeah. it'd be knockouts galore. Well, think of Kimbo Slice. He was a street fighter, you know. He didn't do much in UFC. No. I mean, he was a joke. 
He yeah. came, he came on live TV. Remember they broadcasted that live the on UF, the, the the Ultimate Fighter thing, and he got yeah. I think he, got, he no, lost the biggest dude in UFC. No, 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 I mean I think it was he actually had a match. Like wasn't it like Strike, strike Force? Strike yeah. Force yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he lost. I mean he 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 got submitted. I think he was supposed to face Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock backed down. Ken Shamrock would have been like forty. Yeah. But I think Shamrock backed out. Someone had faced him and he made him tap out. And then when he fought in the Ultimate Fighter, this guy named Big Country Roy Nelson literally <sighs> sat on him for. the three rounds, bit him, and then after the words, Roy Nelson was rubbing his belly going, give me a burger, give me a Burger King burger. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, he can, you know, obviously he's a great fighter when it comes to boxing and standing up, but when you get well, done... yeah, when there's no rules involved and he just knocked the crap out of people for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. that's... I mean, free for, He's a free-for-all brawler. That's all he was. He was a backyard... Yeah, he's a street fighter. He was a backyard. All right, 100,000 here, 1,000 here. Yeah. All right, let's go at it. Whoever wins takes it all. That's all he was. Right. But then, you but, know, he... Anybody like that, if you don't have both and you're trying to get into the MMA, then and he's training and training and training. He's trying to and he's trying to improve on his his ground game and wrestling and all that kind of stuff. But well, you're seeing yeah. even some WWE stars have gotten the, gotten the UFC. You got CM Punk, Brock who Lesnar, Brock was the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Lashley did it. Uh, Batista, and now CM Punk was just now signed by the UFC. And apparently, his camp has been going real good. You know, I don't know if he'd be as I don't think he'll be as good as Brock was. I mean, because Brock had wrestling background, he was a champ in NCAA, so yeah. he had the background. Plus, he was ginormous. He was, yeah. But he had the he had the background of wrestling. CM Punk didn't have that. But still, you're going to see when CM Punk fights if it's a pay per view, it's going to sell because wrestling fans are going to want to tune in and be like, yeah. all right, let's see what Punk can do. Yeah, that's, that's a what's good crossover. Gonna, I mean, Dana White, you know, people were giving him crap for signing Punk, but to White, it's like, all right, this guy's watched my sport. Let's see what he can do. And Dana White came out and said, I'm not going to put him on TV until he proves to me that he's ready. So it's not like, all right, cool, a month, you can go fight this guy. Like Brock's fight was quick, but Brock had pre-background training, and they put yeah. Brock against Frank Mir. Frank Mir made him tap out, but mm-hmm. when they had the rematch, Brock won. Yeah. So I really don't expect CM Punk to win his first match, but I do expect him to learn and maybe win maybe his second or third fight once he gets used to it, like what Brock had to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, if Dana Wade, he's, if he's smart, he won't put him out there until he's <laughs> interesting. I see, interesting I see MMA Brad, talk. Brad and my dad are just like, can we stop the UFC talk? I mean, <laughs> Works well, for me. All right. Well, I, I, he, he won't put somebody out there that's not going to, um, no. that's going to like diminish the quality of his product. Basically. Well, they even so. talked to The Undertaker and they said, if this was around 20 years ago, would you have done it? Taker's like, yeah, of course I've done it. Because mm-hmm. Taker, he wears UFC gloves when he wrestles now and he incorporated some. I think like a triangle choke is one of his submissions. Supposedly, you know, it's a fake submission, but he's done it. <laughs> but he does that to stay in shape. So you're seeing a lot of these, you know, wrestlers and boxers have said, if this has been around 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have done it. And I firmly believe that if Tyson would have done this and trained. He would probably been one of the best fighters ever. Because, I mean, all he had to do was hit you and you were done. Yeah. I mean, we saw what he did in the hangar when he knocked out Zach down the Noctis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think um, that's going to do it for us today. Oh, yeah? I mean, we covered a lot today. We talked about Nationals, you know, Maryland, got some local teams, golf, UFC, women's soccer. Uh, next week, we'll continue on the local team sport. You know, we'll keep on with the Terps. Maybe we'll talk about maybe what the Wizards should look for when they draft this upcoming um, draft, look at what they need. Obviously, we probably have a pretty good idea what they would need in this draft. Obviously, it's going to be a big man. Uh, we'll get uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, Brad, Brad, you have to agree a little bit. Maybe a stretch four. Yeah, some kind of stretch four. I think that that would be our better target, stretch four, because I think we can get a little bit more out of Gortat. I'd like to see a nice stretch four. No, Paul Messap's a free agent. Nah, I'd rather go young. Young? Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk some Wizards and maybe what they should do during the offseason. Um, capital talk, I think it's still going to die down. I think we're still a little 
know, we didn't Sad. talk about we didn't talk about the hockey playoffs, but I think Tampa Bay should be thanking us right now because I think we wore out Henry Lundqvist. I think he allowed like six goals the other night. So I think we've worn him out to where Tampa Bay is now taking advantage. So mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, you can thank you're, you. You're welcome. We we deserve a thank you from you. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe we'll talk some more golf. Talk about the BMW over in Europe. A lot of good players over there. Um, I'll review the fights from UFC this past weekend. Maybe we'll have some new. Well, obviously we'll have one new champ. Maybe we'll have another new champ. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more women's World Cups. Look at the women's chances on how they're going to do. So um, everyone, thank you for listening, and for myself, Paul. Brad, coach, another good luck to Gatesburg High School Baseball. Good luck, guys, and bring a title yes. home back to Montgomery County. So thank you, everyone. Have a good evening. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you, veterans. Thank yes. you, veterans. Yes, yes. thank you, veterans. Day. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank you. Veterans. Everything yeah. you do. Yeah. Don't forget, you, you can uh, Your catch. Your grandfather. Oh, and Paul, with all his <laughs> I forgot again. Sorry, Paul. Right. Do okay. it, Paul. Do it, Paul. You can find us at uh, www.shipesportstalk.com. From there, you can link to the iTunes and the Stitcher uh, uh, podcasts, uh, subscriptions. Uh, when you're there, give us a rating and some comments. We'd love to see them and uh, we'll read them off on air. Usually, um, let's see where else. Facebook. What's the Facebook? Facebook forward slash Shipe Sports Sports Talk. Talk. Twitter, Shipe Sports Talk. Yep, Twitter at Shipe Sports Talk. I'll put some pictures on Instagram. (laughs) Forget to take some. But that's, uh, I think that's that's all of it, right? Oh, uh, Shipe Sports Talk at gmail.com. You can uh, send in emails and the websites, which I said. I have a big announcement. I forgot to even mention this. Uh oh. We will, big announcement for the show. We will soon be putting blogs on our website for you all to read. You can go on the website. You can start reading what we're going to write about. Um, my first piece is in the editing process. I keep on forgetting to talk to Paul, so that'll be out soon. Brad, I think, said he has some ideas. My great coach to maybe get some ideas. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> Guillermo will get some ideas going. So stay tuned for the website. Keep looking at the website. We'll post. We'll start be posting blogs you can read. Yeah. Comment on them. Let us know what you think. Give us your opinions. And maybe let us know what you want us to write about. Maybe... You know, write some stuff yourself. Let us know some comments that you want to see us talked about on the show as well. So stay idea. tuned for that on the show. I'm, I can't believe I almost forgot about the biggest announcement of the show. Yeah, today. no, that's great. Yeah, it's going to hopefully turn it into more of like, a, you know, like a column site or a news site or something like that for sports. So Big awesome. things are coming for this show. Big things. Yeah. The sky's the limit. So, <laughs> from the man cave, thank you for listening, guys, and have a good evening. Once again, happy Memorial Day for all of us. We're signing out. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>